Okay, welcome back to the Cairo London podcast. This week, I get to introduce you to Dr. Mike McBean, who has been working with us in the Fulham Clinic for over six months now. And he shares his story. He's a South African dude, but he shares his story uh, from studying in South Africa and moving from Durban, where he studied Cairo. As soon as he finished, he came to the UK, used his UK passport, and he's been here for six years. And thankfully, he's decided to join our team over in Fulham. So he is actually the 14th member or 14th chiropractor of the Cairo London group that I have managed to sit down and embarrass or perhaps divulge explore their lives from uh, you know sometimes childhood all the way through to the present so thanks mike for being number 14 uh just a little bit of news with regards to the podcast i for my sins decided that the cairo london podcast needed an instagram account yes we're on instagram now send us all the love at Cairo London Pod. Just give us a search, give us a like. I'm currently going through the archive and reposting links to all the different podcasts we've done since lockdown one back in early 2020. Uh, I'll eventually get around to posting today's chat with Mike at some point in the future. But yeah, look, give us a follow. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe on Apple or Spotify or that Buzzsprout is the hosting website for our podcast. You can find us all over the place on Google Podcasts. Give us a subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach out um, and more people can benefit from some of the conversations I've had over the time. Okay, let me stop rabbiting on and you can listen to and meet Mike McBean. Welcome to the Cairo London Insta Live podcast, you name it. I feel like I've uh, finally made it, eh? <laughs> you are literally not going to be able to walk down the street now. Um, the fame has its price, man. You know, the struggle that you live with daily, I'm sure, hey? How am I looking, by the way? Because Drew bought me one of those stupid ring lamps and, um, you know, I'm using it. Mate, you're looking like a true influencer. <laughs> no, okay. The only problem is, you know, I can't wear my glasses. Oh, yeah. Because then I've got these, like, blue uh, blue light, light things on my glasses. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Those uh, listening to the podcast will be very much enjoying the um, <laughs> reference to visibility. <laughs> Uh, dear. Anyway, mate, introduce yourself. Um, who are you? Where are you practicing in the Cairo London group? Yeah, thanks, Craig. Um, my name is Mike. I am originally from South Africa and work as part of the Cairo London Fulham team. Excellent. So, uh, when did you when did you join us again? Remind me. Uh, sometime just after kind of the lockdown one point So, kind of limited a year. I think yeah. it was. It was maybe mid-June. Yeah. No, um, mate, it was really appreciated that you came on board because it was at the time when uh, it was sort of past the madness of the unknown lockdown 1.0 
And we were sort of coming out of that and Sammy Kale, bless her, had been doing such an awesome job of looking after the community in Fulham. So, but she was doing it by herself because the Aussie girl we had to uh, lined up to help her, um, obviously, went while she went back home. So, um, thank you for filling in the gap. Oh, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time with Carol London so far and um, our little team in Fulham is, uh, you know, just an awesome place to work and an awesome group of, group of guys and girls to uh, kind of be a part of. Well, we might as well just go straight there and talk about the, the Fulham crew because... You, I think, of all the clinics, do the best job of linking in with the community around there. Um, and I don't know, what, uh, what sort of experiences have you had with regards to the Fulham Clinic and how well-knitted you are with some like-minded people down there? Yeah, I think, you know, I think credit needs to go to Sammy on that one purely because she's um, been kind of really instrumental in setting up those connections and those um, those partnerships, if you will, with local businesses as you know, as well as people in the community. And I think the really fortunate thing with Fulham is given its location and, and the clientele that we see, a lot of people that come to see us are from the Fulham area. So I think, you know, what we've done really well as a clinic is provide a quality service to the people of Fulham. And I think when you do that and you create a space that people want to come to and want to be in, then it means they want to connect with you and they want to collaborate with you. So you know, a lot of our connections have just come from patients that have come to see us. And, you know, it's kind of worked out that through their experience with us, we've been able to kind of link up and work with them. So, Did you ever get to do a session at, like, say, Body Society or uh, the, like, Evolve Gym or any of those other places that are sort of around there or not? No, sadly not. It's it's definitely on my radar. Um, you know, once things open back up again to kind of get back in there and and spend some time with the guys from Body Society and from Evolve and the guys up at Absolute Pilates as well, who we do a lot of work with. So, um, yeah, sadly, I haven't had a team workout yet. Um, well, that's probably a good thing because I'm so unfit at the moment that uh, I'd be uh, the laughing stock, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, um, let's just wind back the clock a little bit then. Uh, you are, as you said earlier, you're South African. Now, yep. uh, not the first South African I've had on the pod um, because we had Brad Bradley Taylor on. However, he uh, studied over here to become a chiropractor at AECC down in Bournemouth. Now, you didn't, did you? You um, you studied in South Africa. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I um, studied at the Devon University. Yeah, so give, give us a bit more insight into what sort of the, the lay of the land is in South Africa with regards to chiropractic and and studying chiropractic down there give us a full rundown of that whole scene yeah of course so chiropractic nsa is a relatively new profession you know it's only been around since the 90s um currently you have two colleges in south africa one in johannesburg which is kind of in the kind of central inland or the interior and then one down in durban which is on the coast kind of close to where my um, my family are um and yeah i think you know with nsa they're probably fewer than 500 practicing chiropractors, I would imagine, um, somewhere around that number. So it's a relatively small profession. It is one that is growing and kind of gaining traction year on year. And um, there are a couple of like, groups and, um, you know, clinics out there that are doing a fantastic job of promoting the profession um, and promoting it well. So, yeah, um, it's a world's apart from what we experience here in the UK. Um, but, you know, it's kind of catching up. 
That surprises me, though, because, you know, I realise that I've never really actually asked anyone that question because of, uh, you know, quite often, obviously, uh, the UK is a direct line back home to the mother country sort of thing, and uh, a lot of South African patients I've looked at, uh, looked after over the years seem to kind of get chiropractic in a way that, like, a lot of Aussies do, you know, um, and, and obviously, chiro in Australia has been around a fair bit longer than 1990. Um, you know, I think the the place I studied at RMIT, Philip Institute, that it used to be, was I think that opened in the 70s, you know, and I think there are loads of chiropractors who were studying um, in Palmer from the US and coming back and sort of you know, were around in the 50s, you know. So, um, But it sort of makes you think, even back to the the review we did with Paul Danford, how he his clinic that he first took over, which is now Q, first opened up in 1960, you know. So... Um, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, but, yeah, look, I'm, I think it sounds like chiropractors down in South Africa are doing a good job, though, right? Yeah, man. Um, obviously, I, I never practiced a day in South Africa. I kind of graduated and um, a couple of weeks later was on a plane over to the UK. So I don't really have a lot of working experience of what it's like to practice in SA, but a lot of my friends are still out there. A lot of my classmates and, and kind of colleagues are there as well. And, um you know, I try and keep tabs on as many people as I can through social media and, you know, just working on uh, on projects together and things like that. And um, SA, I think, is is blessed with a, a uh, um, an abundance of really good quality chiropractors. Um, and as I say, they are, you know, slowly but surely getting their message out there. And, um, yeah, there's positive things to come from the SA chiropractic scene for sure. Give us, um, obviously, you're going to be biased, but uh, which is the better college, the um, Durban or the Joburg one? Oh, man, this is such a difficult question to answer because I think it depends on what you mean by better. You know? <laughs> like for me, when I was joining school, um, I, you know, I'm a small-town guy from the farm in the middle of nowhere, so uh, you know, big city life to me never really appealed. So uh, it was either choosing the big city of Johannesburg and the millions of people that are there or you know, staying fairly closer to home and, and having the beach on your doorstep at university. So uh, for me, it was a no-brainer. Um, the Devon University in itself is uh, vastly different to a lot of other universities than, you know, I imagine quite different to a lot of people's experiences in that it's uh, it's not a red brick university. It doesn't, you know, you don't get images of AECC or, or Oxford coming to mind when you think of Devon Uni. But um, the course itself was fantastic. We had amazing tutors and lecturers and, and staff, and um, our little group was very small. Uh, we had about 40, 40 students in our first year. Um, so it was a small knit group, but, um, yeah, a really, really good good experience and uh, a good couple of years of my life. But, um, yeah, glad I chose Durban because I don't know if I would have survived uh, the big city life of Johannesburg. So Joburg is a bigger deal, though, is it? It's sort of uh, more graduates per year and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's attached to a much larger university. So, um, you know, their, their yearly intake is, I think, uh, probably double that is double of that what is Durban. Um, and they, they've just got, you know, arguably probably better facilities available to them just given the size of the campus that they're on in comparison to uh, the Durban Tech well, you might as well keep winding back the clock. Were you literally on a farm or was it sort of like just in the outer suburbs of Durban sort of thing? Um, yeah, so my um, my family have been fortunate enough to move around the country a bit, you know, through our kind of like formative years. So um, my dad's folks are originally from kind of the Drakensberg area, which I, I guess is kind of like the Peak District 
version of South Africa. Um, and so my parents farmed up there when we were quite young and then moved on to the coast a bit for a couple of years, um, thankfully. Um, and then seemed to kind of move back inland again to a small town called Ishawi, which is in the middle of Zululand. Um, and that was, you know, the smallest town you could think of. There were like eight kids in my class at school. Um, you know, we were all in the same little black bubble, if you will. Um, and then, yeah, after that kind of moved on to where my parents are kind of located now, which is about an hour and a half south of Durban in a beautiful part of the world uh, called uh, Mzumbi, which is a beautiful kind of seaside town, uh, but on a farm kind of tucked away from the coast a little bit. Wow. So does that mean, what are the waves like rolling in in Durban coast? Are they pretty good? Are you a surfer or no? well, it's not really a thing? Craig, I'm the furthest thing from a surfer. Uh, <laughs> so, there are waves on that coastline. Though, right? Oh, yeah. The surfing is unreal and it's a skill set I wish I'd kind of picked up when I was younger. But, you know, swimming for me is more of a survival skill than a leisure activity. So, you know, you'll, uh, you'll always see me on terra firma rather than in the water. Yeah, interesting. Um Anyway, so what um, were you one of these kids that went straight from school into university as well? Um, what's the deal? Yeah, so I um, and, and so I normally ask, like, was it sort of like a bit of an experience you had as a kid going to a chiropractor? Because I think half the profession have a bit of a, an aha moment when they actually were on the table themselves or their family members were, and the other half are just like, this is a pretty cool profession. I want to do that. So, what what category do you put yourself in? Jeez, mine was probably a bit of a blend of the two. You yeah. know, I was 17 or 16 at the time when I got introduced to Cairo. Um, knew a bit about it, you know, just through my exposure to uh, physio and sports and working with biokinetists. Um, you know, I was always a bit of like a, a sporty kid kind of growing up. And, you know, with that comes the bumps and falls and head knocks from playing rugby and, and stuff like that. And, um, my, bro my brother will tell you that I fell off my motorbike too many times that I care to kind of admit to. So um, frequent trips to the, the, the doctor and the physio were kind of a, um, a regular occurrence for my mum, my sadly. Um, but yeah, so I was introduced to a chiropractor through a family friend of ours who invited me to kind of spend some time working in a multidiscipline clinic with her where she was a nurse practitioner. And in the practice, there was a physio, a biokinetist, uh, a GP, radiologist, and a chiropractor. And I had kind of planned to spend two or three days with each of them, you know, as part of our year 11 work experience pro program. And part of me had wanted to move into kind of like the physio role. You know, again, I, you know, we'd, we'd had them at high school playing rugby, and I'd seen them a few times for, you know, shoulder strains and stuff like that. And, um saw the Cairo and just really was kind of quite impressed by her and her knowledge of the body and, uh, and how she communicated health to people. It was something that I'd never really experienced before. Um, and that was the lovely Dr. Jean van Straten, who um, no longer practices there anymore, but um, yeah, she was the inspiration to kind of me wanting to know a bit more about Cairo. Um, and then, yeah, I got treated by her in the two or three days that I was there. And, you know, so I suppose that's where my on the bed kind of, epiphany moment or kind of light bulb moment happened um yeah so I, I kind of stumbled into chiropractic 
It's actually a very similar story to mine where I literally headed off to the local hospital and did a day in every ward. <laughs> and, well, and actually chiropractic wasn't one of those. Then I went the next week and, and hung out with a chiropractor. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, you kind of pretty much know that you have the direction of healthcare or you want to get involved in the provision of that in some regard. And then it's a, it's a tough thing for kids, you know, I guess, uh, to try and work out what to do these days as well, you know. Um, uh, so uh, it's, as you said, a similar thing. You look at the whole thing and you just align yourself with something and then the rest is history, I guess. And so you went from that kind of careers type of guidance straight into the Durban University as a sort of 18, 19-year-old sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of finished high school and then kind of started off at uni the, you know, three months after finishing high school. Um, joined a group of another kind of 43 aspiring young chiropractors and, um, yeah, kind of just went from there, really. No, cool. Um, so let's just – so then from there, though, you graduated and how many years is it at Durban? Um, it really depends on on your kind of master's dissertation, and the, you know, the course itself was five years to get done. Um, just given, you know, the the constraints of the research program and um, and the kind of challenges that that a lot of students, not all students, face with getting through that process quicker than what they should do. Um, my master's dissertation took me a bit longer than anticipated. Um, so I think in the end, I probably spent just over six years there. Um, okay. Now it's that same deal where you had the student clinic uh, and hands-on patients through that time, and then you finally get let loose. But it sounds like you were angling for the UK towards the end of that anyway, and then as soon as you did graduate, you ended up over here, right? Um, yeah, and um, it was quite strange because I'd never been to the UK before. Um, my um, mum my was... Uh, born and, and kind of lived in Scotland until she was um, kind of a preteen. And then my grandparents immigrated to SA for most of their adult life and then have, have subsequently moved back to Scotland. So I was fortunate in the fact that I had a British passport through my mum. So when it came time to kind of making a decision about what I was going to do with myself after university, there were options in South Africa that I you know, was very blessed to have. And um, I've got a, an older sister of mine who lives out in Australia, actually. Uh, so that was on the cards as well. And uh, the UK kind of probably just felt like the most exciting option at the time, given its proximity to Europe and, you know, that whole Antipodean thing of I'm going to go to London for two years, I'm going to travel all over Europe, I'm going to do all the ski holidays, um, save a few pounds and then move back and, you know, uh, Bob's your uncle. But, uh, yeah, never really goes to plan, does it? <laughs> yeah, let's not even talk about the travel thing, huh? <laughs> he says with a map of the world in the background uh, overlooking his head. Yeah. I just realised that, actually. Um, so, look, um, how many years have you been a chiropractor now for? You've been a few, haven't you? Yeah, so next week will be six years. Six years, yeah. So what have you learned in that time? How How has the journey of, uh, you know, being a fully-fledged chiropractor treated you? It's been the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done. You know, I have been so fortunate to meet so many amazing people, to live in a fantastic country, to make some lifelong mates, I would imagine. And, um, you know, chiropractic brought me to the UK and it's it's here that I've met my, my beautiful fiance. So, um, yeah, I'm hugely indebted to chiropractic. 
Okay, cool. And so you talk about the – it's not really nice to hear you, actually, because, I mean, I think, you know, you're obviously very grateful of some of the fortune that sort of laid itself at your feet, probably a lot via your making, really, um, but um, you're probably humble about that, I can imagine. But, you know, it's good to hear you sort of – because, you know, quite often we can – well, we are constantly surrounded by – the kind of negative news and energy that's going on around there at the moment. So nice to hear some positive vibes coming out of you, Mike. Um, and so, but then obviously when you're a chiropractor and you kind of get let loose, you're kind of pretty raw. And then um, were there any particular experiences that you really have enjoyed so far that's kind of shaped you into the chiropractor you are today? Yeah, loads. Um, obviously, Again, to caveat this, you know, chiropractic in South Africa is probably very different to what chiropractic is in the UK and in other parts of Europe and the US and, and probably even Australia. Um, you know, back in uni clinic, appointments are an hour long. You know, you're expected to do like a full body MOT each and every visit and you're dry needling and K-taping and doing Graston therapy and running through all bits and pieces. So, you know, kind of coming to the UK and dropping into a um, – fairly high volume practice for my first job was like drinking from a fire hydrant. You know, it was like in the deep end, like get comfortable, get going and, you know, and just have at it. And, you know, that was hugely stressful at the moment, if I admit, but, you know, also hugely rewarding and, and quite a lot of fun too, you know, to kind of test yourself and push your boundaries and, and get a bit uncomfortable and, and kind of, you know, find your feet. So, um, yeah, I spent, spent, three or four years at the first clinic that I joined and um, enjoyed my time there, learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes and kind of learned from those. And, um, and yeah, a couple of other moments that kind of really inspired me were, you know, just going to some of the conferences that we have available in the UK. Um, it's just unlike anything else that you get really in, um, in SA certainly. Um, and just meeting some amazing people and like literally sitting next to some kind of, of the greats of our profession, you know, certainly of my generation and, um, and then, yeah, from that, you know, kind of moving into um, doing a bit of public speaking through chiropractic, which has been really good and kind of now hosting conferences with a business partner of mine and a colleague. So, um, yeah, there have been lots of kind of touch points in the last kind of four or five years that have really kind of shaped my path and kind of put the wind in my sails. Awesome. Well, we're super happy that you joined us after you've made all the mistakes and now that you are an expert. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's a... <laughs> hey go a bit deeper into because um i was on your webinar last night and uh i think it was a bit of a a pivotal webinar last night wasn't it um i seem to notice that there was something like 147 attendees on your conference last night yeah i mean we were incredibly lucky to have um an amazing speaker on last night who, who ran through a scoliosis mastermind with us um, and just phenomenal to have, you know, I think we had 240 people register for the webinar and we had about 150 on turn up live um, from all over the world as well, you know, to kind of just learn and engage and um, upskill themselves so that they can better serve their communities and, and their clients. So, um, yeah, it's a really humbling thing to know that we can help facilitate that. 
So um, tell us what it is, the Lions of Chiropractic. Let's give it a plug. And um, so tell us that whole journey as to how you got involved with Connor um, and the whole Lions thing and, and, and what it looks like and, and how you've been involved. Yeah, man. So um, the Lions of Chiropractic was started by a, um, a very good friend of mine and our business partner, Connor Ward, who is um, a phenomenal chiropractor and just an all-around great guy. Um Connor started the Lions back in 2016, and it was one of the first conferences that I attended kind of as a working associate in the UK. Um, and something just clicked, you know, like I really liked the, the conference style, what it represented, what it stood for, and kind of quality that it attracted and, and you know, kind of the, the member base that it was marketed towards. So I just, you know, started trying to be involved with it as much as possible and, um, I'm not sure who it was in previous podcasts who kind of said that the chiropractic world is quite small. You know, you all end up dating each other or going to school with each other or knowing each other's uncles and dads like you and Sammy's dad do. So um, Connor at the time was uh, dating a very good friend of mine from South Africa whose sister is a chiropractor, whose other sister is a chiropractor, whose two brother-in-laws are both chiropractors. So um, we just started hanging out as mates and kind of got to know each other quite well and and then two years ago, Connor kind of approached me after the Lions conference in 2018 um, and asked me if I wanted to come on board as a, as a business partner. Um, so I obviously jumped at the opportunity to, to kind of uh, immerse myself in that and surround myself with people like Connor. So um, we started working together in 2018. And, and since then, we've, um, yeah, we've taken the Lions from strength to strength and we, we continue to look to do so in the, in the coming years and months. So effectively, for those that don't know, it's uh, it, well, it was a seminar or a conference that was held in, well, it was due to be held in February too, right? Yes, yeah, so we had one last year, February 8th, and then we were supposed to be having our next one coming up on March 20th, but it um, unfortunately looks like we're going to need to postpone that conference. Um, we are working on something exciting, though, that we might be uh, revealing some more details on in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, it starts out as a conference. Um, and the reason it's called the Lions of Chiropractic is kind of um, in a nod to the Lions rugby team, I suppose, which is obviously the best of Great Britain. Um, and that was Connor's kind of initial uh, goal was to create a platform or a space where the, where the best speakers in Britain could come to share their message to grow the profession locally and abroad. Um, during lockdown, we kind of recognized that there was a need to provide online education and CPD, as well as, I suppose, a sense of community and connection. Um, and so we pivoted that to an online webinar series. Um, so during the first lockdown back in March last year, we had 24 speakers over the course of eight weeks. Um, we grew our member base from about 400 people to well over 1,000 people in that kind of eight-week period. Right. Um, when the lockdown ended, loads of people like kind of got in touch and just said, you're not stopping, are you? Like, you carry the stuff on. It's too good. So, um, yeah, we kind of just gave the people what they want. And, and here we are now. You know, we're putting on two webinars every month. Uh, we've got expert speakers from around the world sharing their message with us. And uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's super humbling. So going back to that thing that I was on last night, because um, do you think it's just the time of year that people are a bit more motivated to get into it? Because I think maybe it, you know, on the end of the year is a slightly different sort of scenario in terms of mentally get you, getting yourself fired up to learn because I think there was quite a difference in the uptake last night compared to others in December, wasn't there? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the end of the year, there's lots of distractions, especially in the December months. You know, people have got their uh, attention pulled in a million different directions. And, you know, obviously with the, the beginning of a new year, everyone's like, I mean, you know, this is the year or like, you know, we've got all that positive energy that we're going to start the year right. And we, you know, all our New Year's resolutions and we're going to commit and show up. And um, yeah, I, you know, I think the beginning of the year, certainly for me, is, is always a more high energy part of the year than the end of the year is. So, you know, I think you're probably right on that one. And to think a physiotherapist was the big draw card, hey? That was awesome. That uh, wasn't even a chiropractor. It was I mean, we've been so lucky, really. We've had we've had GPs speak at our conference. You know, we've had um, men's health coaches speak. We've had physios. We've had osteopaths. Um, we've got some exciting speakers coming up, um, you know. So we, we really have tried to provide kind of like a diverse group of speakers and um, just so lucky that, you know, we can – pull down those walls that I think have been put up for so long, um, you know, to try and move things forward, you know, and that's really our ambition. You know, it's funny is uh, when I get to fill out my CPD for the GCC next year, it is just going to be a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, hey. Because I've got all the certificates already. I've got all the sort of uh, literally the calendar and I can just sort of um, I bombard them with uh, CPD um, information. But, you know, it's good. And, yeah. you know, practicing for 25 years, and I'm still getting into it, so it's good fun. We'll have to have one one time. Have me? Well, you know what? I, I quite often sit back and actually think uh, or look at those uh, webinars, right? And I'm like, what is it that I think I could rabbit on them for a whole hour with no one to actually, not, not even any, because these guys are having to look at a blank screen and literally talk to themselves for an hour about something that they think would interest their peers, right? And I don't know. What, what, what do you think I would be good at talking about for an hour at a blank screen then? Put it over to you. Oh, geez, Craig, I think you could probably touch on a couple of things, man. Um, this is probably a conversation we should be having behind closed doors, really. But uh, dude, I think, I mean... Oh, hey, are we recording this? I think we are. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, all right it's going live to the entire planet um, um and, and i'm going to repackage it up as a podcast so uh anything you say will live forever no pressure excited um yeah i mean craig i would probably love to hear about your journey through chiropractic and how you've managed to grow from you know Putney chiropractic which is an incredibly successful kind of clinic it's been well established for a number of years um to in a relatively short space of time, taking that to five offices across Southwest London that are now seeing and helping thousands of people a month um, and providing, you know, employment for 10 to 12 chiropractors, I think it is, and, you know, 10 to 12 support staff at the back end of that. And, um, you know, just, again, creating that platform for people to help their communities. So, you know, um, I think if you were going to share something, you know, how, like, how do you scale up? Like, what is your journey from going from associate to clinic owner to then, you know, owning multiple sites and, uh, uh, and, and beyond? Yeah, well, it's been a fun journey, that's for sure. And, um, you know, we could definitely, I could definitely go into that at length um, because I do know what things feel about it, I guess. It was good, actually, because the other thing we should let know is that um, we've got Connor, uh, the other half of the Lions, doing this I think pretty cool coaching program for the Cairo London crew. And we started off last week with the personality testing thing. So you'll be happy to hear that I 
uh, was tested as being the leader personality type. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate and bang on. <laughs> and and but coming with that sort of comes with sort of like things like attention to detail and small talk are not my strong points, but um, which I agree with as well. Although somehow I find myself talking on these things quite a bit and. Um, like small talk, Craig. You do an awful lot of it, man. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, uh, although actually, I think I prefer listening than actually talking. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm the reverse. To be fair. Um, anyway, we we digress slightly. Um, I, I've asked all the other chiropractors of the team because um, yeah, you're right. Like, um, we're actually up to 19 chiropractors, and and that includes Luke and myself. Uh, and if you throw Kushbu into the mix, who is on maternity leave, uh, that's actually 19. So, you know, I guess you could sort of say 16 actively practicing, well, and myself, 17. Um, but uh, I've asked all of them um, just to describe chiropractic in their own words, right? So you're at a dinner party, you sort of sat next to someone you've never met, and you say, oh, I'm a chiropractor, and then they say, oh, what's that? What do you normally say? Yeah, so, you know, my kind of go-to on that is, you know, Chiropractic is a form of healthcare that's designed to help your body perform and function the best that it can. So you know how if you go to the GP and you've got back pain, they are likely going to give you some pain meds or fob you off um, and tell you that it's going to get better in a couple of weeks. Well, like my role really as a chiropractor is to not necessarily help your body feel better, but help your body heal and perform better. Um, And the way that we do that is we optimize the function of the body's nervous system, which is our master controller. Yeah, it's um, obviously the common thread throughout everyone that I've obviously asked is everyone's focusing on the nervous system because effectively that's what it is that we're doing is trying to sort of optimise the performance of that. Um, It's just interesting how many people, it would be interesting little exercise to ask all of the people that left the building, left the clinics, how many of them thought they were getting a boost to their nervous system or how many of them thought that they were actually getting something completely opposite, you know, because it's, it's one thing to have that as a definition and it's a very different thing to actually get that message across, isn't it? You know, that, uh, that pain in the neck is maybe more than just the way they slept or having a window open. Um, it's an insight into the poor functioning of their whole system. Yeah. And I think there and last part of the struggle of the chiropractic profession moving forwards is communicating our values and our understanding and, um, communicating our principles and our philosophy effectively and and in a way that makes sense to the layman. Yeah, very much so. Um, You should have a listen to, I don't know if I, um, if you got around to listening to that Russ Rosen thing, but um, that's the previous podcast to you. It goes pretty in depth into sort of different ways to help people with that. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, that deserves a couple of listens that one just to get your head around it. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, you've spoken about a few chiropractors that inspired you, one who was the woman who actually got you into the profession in the first place, two, I guess, was Connor, who's helped you along that journey of um, um, maybe give us a non-chiropractor that inspires you um, in anything from your daily life to even the practice of chiropractic. You know? Wow. Um, Have I put you on the spot there? Or have well, you got another chiropractor that you can actually um, think of? Yeah, I mean, maybe not so much someone that is inspiring me so much. Darren 
directly, but more indirectly so, is um, James Clear, the author, um, uh, reading his book at the moment, Atomic Habits, which I uh, highly recommend um, to everyone and anyone. So um, that to me has been kind of really interesting. So just taking a lot of uh, little golden nuggets from some of his stuff. And, you know, so I follow a lot of what he says and does quite closely. Um, other sources other sources rather sorry of inspiration have um you know non caro have um, been a little bit in like the functional med space you know nutrition is something that i'm quite interested in and uh you know kind of currently completing a certification in nutrition as well so um it's definitely something i want to move into a little bit more in the future so yeah i think you know i, I kind of try and draw inspiration from wherever i can find it you know whether that's just friends and family or you know from people on stages or books or podcasts or you know even you know with art being cliche someone like yourself you know um so yeah i think inspiration is all around us we have to just be open to receiving it that's obviously the right answer thank you um, <laughs> um hey tell us a little bit more about nutrition though where are you because uh, i'm not sure if i even knew that you were studying nutrition on the side what's the deal with that yeah, so I'm doing a nutrition certification through a company called Precision Nutrition. They are, I think, the world's largest online provider of like nutrition content and certifications. So um, it really is, for me anyway, if anyone is interested in getting into nutrition, a, a really easy gateway into it. They have a pretty good reputation with being able to put stuff together quick and simple to understand. It's not super kind of brainy or in-depth. So uh, kind of working through that, and then I um, got a lifestyle medicine certification through the BSLM shortly after I finished this one. And then I'm also doing a bit of work with, um, again, maybe one of my inspirations, um, a chiropractor, Simon Billings, who um, we've had on the lines a couple of times, um, his certification through the Academy of Chiropractic Nutrition, um, which is you know, kind of a distillation of all of the world's leading functional medicine research into a, a easy to digest, uh, pardon the pun, um, nutrition course. So, uh, yeah, I've got my fingers on a couple of things at the moment, which is probably not a good thing because I need to just focus on all one and get it done. But, um, yeah. Have you spoken to, because your new colleague in Fulham is Silva Harris, who she's next, by the way, uh, she's listening into this. We'll have to get her and hear her story from flighty to chiropractor yeah. um, but no she she's just done a lifestyle medicine like, like uh exam process and qualification yeah. is that the same thing or and i mean we've spoken a bit about it probably not as much as we need to but um i think yeah she does um she does do some lifestyle med coaching and some consulting as well so alongside her chiropractic stuff so um yeah i'll be definitely picking her brain about it soon enough well let's um because obviously part of going into that communication around chiropractic and how to get the lifestyle, healthy lifestyle message across, what sort of stuff do you love to do with your patients in terms of, because I think that's what sometimes the chiropractic profession is pretty guilty of, is not providing a lot of evidence that what we are doing is actually making a difference to people's life and that, or their, their health. You know, it's obviously helps you neck turn all the way around and it helps you become more flexible and in less pain. But, you know, what, what other stuff do you love to do to show the evidence of, of change within people's lives? 
I think for me, it really does start with, you know, what does it mean to be healthy? And I think that as a definition for a lot of people is, is something that maybe leads them astray purely because a lot of us will think about health as being how we look or how we feel. And like, don't get me wrong. I want to look good and I want to feel good. I think everyone wants that. But if we rely on subjective kind of data to determine how we're, how healthy we are, it's really only the tip of the iceberg. So for me, kind of the first step in the process is redefining what it means to be healthy. And, you know, for me, that's not just working well or being normal, but it's living life at optimum. So how can we optimize the function of the human body to the best of its ability? Um, and what does chiropractor's role play in that? So, you know, I think this, the starting point for me is having that conversation and then making things objective, you know, looking at ways and means that we can move beyond does it hurt here or is it sore still or out of 10, how bad is the pain today? Um, and really, get, you know, really get people to focus in on like their balance and coordination and proprioceptive abilities, uh, their range of motion, their flexibility, you know, their their activities of daily living that they might not think about um, above and beyond from a painful perspective. So it's just shifting that conversation away from pain only to performance and function. I think that's what you should do when you someone sits next to you at a dinner party. Come, uh, you know, not that we're having dinner parties anymore, but when um, <laughs> when someone eventually does ask you what you do again in the future, uh, you should say that. Start with that one. Do more the well. I'm interested in the improvement and optimization of human performance, and I just happen to be a chiropractor who does that. Yeah, there you go. I'll get that on a shirt, Craig. You need to write that down for me. It's the gold coming out here late. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon in the middle of winter as the sun sets at 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> but I'm still squeezing a run at some stage, some stage today and the, the darker it gets, the, like, the more I'm just thinking I'll, I'll skip today. Well, that's cool. I was going to ask you about your favourite book and you've just hit Atomic Habits, which uh, is obviously an awesome um, thing to read. Uh, what's the best bit of health advice you regularly give out or you have received in the past? Um, I don't really remember where I heard this first, but the best bit of health advice that I typically give out or that I feel like I've heard is that you can't medicate yourself out of a problem that you've lived yourself into. <laughs> oh, let's put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. I think we live in a society where there's um, a pill for every ill and, you know, we're looking for a quick fix and a silver bullet to kind of get us better. Um and, uh, you know, I think our health is our, our greatest asset and our, our greatest investment, and we need to treat it as such. And, you know, there, there comes a point where either you're forced into it or you realize it, fortunately, through your own self-actualization, that health should be treated as an investment. And, it, you know, doing things for your health should never be seen as a cost, but only as a value add. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing I was thinking about as I was coming in here today that, you know, I really hate about the whole global pandemic thing is that it's completely removed the conversation around what can we do as a host or what can we do as a human being to make ourselves bulletproof or resistant to, you know, a really strong immune system, a really... Uh, defensive thing, which is a really strong immune system to be able to handle anything. That's what the conversation used to be about, you know. You know, be a bad host. You know, make your body an uncomfortable place for a virus or a bug or a bacteria to live in, you know, because if that's the case, it's never going to take hold. Um, 
it's it, yeah. I mean, it's I, I think it's a massive shame that a lot of the messaging and a lot of the media and a lot of the stuff that we see repeated and regurgitated every day is is all kind of sick, disease, and death focused and orientated. But none of it's about promoting your health or looking after yourself or, or leading a healthy lifestyle. Um, and I think you know we switch on to that the better. Yeah, and you know I think if no one that is out there doing that, and you know thank God the medics are out there to save us from end stage COVID. Absolutely. You know, we're also in a privileged position to be able to still carry on working through a lockdown and looking after people. But I think we should be the ones out there just delivering that message of like, what have you done today to boost your strength of your immune system? You know, what have you done to sort of uh, drop those excess kilos that you're carrying around? Because you know that if you're carrying, in, you know, the, the more weight you carry, the more likely you are to get complications of a COVID infection if you do get it, you know. Um, and I don't know. I, I hope we can return to that way of thinking at some point and not just that we just have to stay clear of socialising with anyone and vaccine, get a new vaccine every year, you know. So Yeah, exactly. You know, um it you know, if you if you break it down and you take a step back and you look at this from a big picture, if you think, you know, things that positively influence your health are exposure to sunshine and the outdoors and, you know, social connection and cohesion and feeling like you belong to something bigger than yourself and um exercise and you know those are things that have all been taken away from us during the lockdown you know so you kind of think is it counterintuitive almost in a degree um and are we are we delivering an alternative if we can't do those things what can we do to help look after ourselves and look after our immune system and there are loads of phenomenal guys out there that are spreading this positive message you know guys like dr mccola uh, dr axe josh axe dr jockers arnold Askey. um really recommend following their pages because they put out great quality information around like how you can look after yourself kind of during these lockdown times. Yeah. Well, that conversation took a little twist, didn't it? <laughs> Slightly so. <laughs> We've gone from talking about rural South Africa to saving the world. One step at a time, hey? Um, well, is there anything else that we should cover before we sort of sign off on this thing? Um, I do like the long format of these things where there is no time restraint. Well, there is a time restraint. Instagram Live finishes in an hour. Um, I think we're good, but... Yeah, I think we'll be good. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to bring up or have a conversation about, or shall we just draw a line under it? And um... Yeah, man, I... I for me, the, the more people that we can interact with and the more people that we can share the chiropractic message with, the better. So if there is anyone who's listening to the podcast that wants to get in touch with, you know, with a local chiropractor or myself or Craig or anyone that's part of the Chiro London group, please reach out to us. We are more than happy to kind of have a chat or chew the fat or talk a lot of rubbish, as I'm sure you'll pick up through some of these these uh, podcasts and stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, just know that we are um, – that we're here to kind of help them. And that's really what we enjoy doing and that's what we want to do. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. This this whole thing started as a bit of a lockdown project of me interviewing the chiropractors that we had at the time. And at the time, you weren't with us. And so that's how I've gotten around to finally nabbing you in January, maybe eight months after I started this thing. Yeah. But it, it, it's definitely what it's doing is that it sort of started off as just to get to know the chiropractors, but it's evolved into just another bit of noise out there to not only help promote our five clinics that we have, but also 
hopefully there's a few people listening in who are just, I'm trying to do that thing of just normalise a visit to the chiropractor. That's the sort of, you know, I just want it to be something you'd consider doing on a regular sort of thing, you know, regular time to just be part of your healthy living program, you know, and absolutely. Doing a great job, Craig. I think it must. I think it needs to be said that, um, yeah, huge fan of what you guys are, are, are kind of getting done at the moment. So, so thank you. No, and you know, I, I do like the, you know, our, you know, we, we don't intentionally start off doing this, but we definitely like to invest in our people who are there with us, right? And just even the fact that you have a nice big bio on our website and every doc does, you know, and I take the time to have an interview with you because um, I, I think it's important that people get to know who makes up our community of chiropractors. So thanks for taking Thank you. And I think, you know, like people don't care about what you do. They care about who you are first and foremost. And I think if we can connect with people and, you know, kind of create that, that rapport and that connection, then we're a step closer to, um, to achieving that goal so you know um again happy to have been on with you today craig again thanks for having me and the one last bit of missing piece of information is that these podcasts will end up at the bottom of everyone's bio page at some point in the future so if that someone is that way inclined they get to actually meet you even before they set foot in the door well i mean just uh, you know as a as a caveat i do apologize to everyone for my terrible fix of african accent so i hope you uh, can make it Based on what we've said today, <laughs> uh, mate, what uh, what they can't understand, uh, you uh, you make up for in your good looks, mate. So that'll drag them right in. Although obviously on the podcast they can't tell that, can they? So um, I was actually contemplating wearing a beanie today because with all the barber shops closed, you know, I've got a bit <laughs> of a, my head here. So you got to go this style, mate, because then you can do it yourself. So, oh, mate, I just don't know if I could pull off being uh, being bald, okay. <laughs> I don't know, you pulled off the moustache pretty well in November, so... I don't think I did, Craig, I don't, you know. And my, my fiancé will back me up on that too. But, um, yeah, we, we do it for a good cause, you know, but it's taking one for the team. Haven't you... Uh, you've just been inundated with, um, uh, like, acting roles for um, officer, British officer, military officers, right? That's it, eh? That's it. Either that or mistaken for an old tennis star, apparently, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, let's ring off. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll see you soon, hey? I've seen you, Greg. Look after yourself. Bye, mate.